you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. That's hooey and applesauce. Three words for that. Who, la, and la. When I'm wrong, I say I'm wrong. Oh, it's gangbusters. Damn a Hi and hello, football fans. It's your old pal Dave, Dave Damashek. What's going down? I hope all's well wherever you are, or as well as can be expected in what's been a tumultuous week, a heartbreaking week for many. Whether you're a music fan, a Lakers fan, apparently a Steelers fan, and so on. Let's talk about it all right now on episode number 54 of the Dave Damashek Football Program, available, as always, on iTunes. Subscribe, won't you? Let's yap right now with our old pal from NFL.com. Adam Rank, what's the poop, fella? What's up, Pally? How you doing? Well, my heart, I feel bad that my heart isn't heavy. It's I feel not like it's heavy. I don't understand. It always shocks me when some major event happens in, in the world and, you know, it, it, the news becomes devoted to it. Mm-hmm. I'm almost always surprised, like, wow, I didn't anticipate this level of coverage. But I dare say, I've never been more surprised than by the the coverage that Whitney Houston's death has You're gotten. You're surprised by it. Well, the word, first of all, that, that surprises me is that everybody is saying how shocked they are. <laughs> this is the shocking news. Is it Of all the things, I don't mean to, to be glib about it, but is it shocking, really? Is it surprising that Whitney Houston, after... I, mean, I, I didn't watch her reality show regularly but you know when i was uh, you know at the at the kimmel show when that show was on we would see clips of it on a regular basis right. and the takeaway message was yeah those two people are cuckoo yeah they're they're clearly uh playing fast and loose with life with the way, with the way they're behaving themselves mm-hmm. clearly they're they're doing something to themselves they're putting some schmutz up their nose or down their throat or whatever 
and uh, this doesn't end well in all likelihood. So the the shock that people are expressing surprises me. Right, and it's one of those things. If you do one of those death pools, she was obviously a high draft pick. I right? Is that not true? I mean, like, again, I know I seem like I'm being glib about it. I'm not. I didn't. I'm not pleased or anything else. Right. But but um, but the one thing I cannot feel is is shock about it. Absolutely, they're actually on local radio. They joked a week before where one of the hosts had brought up Whitney Houston and one of the other ones like, what, she's dead? And then they played it back on Monday, kind of a thing like, yeah, who didn't see this coming? Well, apparently a lot of people. The thing I also didn't realize, and maybe I guess I'm not plugged into the, I, I, as I always say, far be it for me to, to assume that I know what uh, America wants to hear but uh, or w- wants to know about or what they care about. Clearly, look at my career. That should tell you everything <laughs> you need to know. I don't get the uh, – I didn't realize how big she was and how she was regarded. Is it hyperbole? I know when people you die. What? I know that – all right, Black Tie. Well, listen. Enough. Talk to me about this. I feel like that people well, – first of all, when anybody dies, of course, you have to go into hyperbole. Mm-hmm. You have to talk about oh, one of the gr- most gifted people ever, one of the right. most beautiful people ever, no matter who it is uh-huh. who dies. But I didn't realize that Whitney Houston was considered one of the – one of the singular talents of all time in music. I didn't know that. I'm not saying that she wasn't. I just wasn't aware that that's the, the people whose business it is to know about such things, like the Clive, uh, what's his name, Clive Davis, mm-hmm. talking about how she's one of the great talents of all, maybe the most talent. Did I? Did you know that? No, I was not aware. And I think you know. I this think is this is travesty. I can't. I can't believe what you guys are saying. Right why? Now. I didn't why? know. Well, I'm, I'm saying mean, I'm it's sorry. not a travesty. I'm. I'm, I'm claiming what? ignorance. I didn't know. Well, okay. Let me educate you guys. Oh, please. Houston, talent-wise, right? Mm-hmm. She was definitely on par for a long, for a while with I would say Madonna and MJ. Like okay. she was that big. Like well, isn't big. but the, I, yeah, I feel like well, Madonna. The knock on her has always been that it's image and style, yeah, but she she's not a say. true. That she's not a uh, uh, a legit talent. It seems Whoa. like this is Whitney Houston to me, to my ear. Is here's the analogy I'll make: Ingve Malmsteen. The you know the speed metal guitar player or is he a metal guitar? He's not even you wouldn't call him metal, right? Rock, rock, yeah, whatever. Ingve Malmsteen, he's technically spectacular. I guess also another one that's uh, easier to grasp for people. Eddie Van Halen, mm-hmm. people love him. Oh, he's one of the great technical guitarists. It doesn't do anything for my ear though. It doesn't please is me. That and, right? It doesn't please me in the soul. And that's the same thing with Whitney's music. So it just went right over my head that she has some uh, has a great voice. I don't care about like how will I know if he really loves me? Right. Need some soul in your life. That's going to be my sole purpose over the next week. To what? To give me some soul? Yes. I have soul. soul How dare you? You know what? You know what? I like Al Green. That's good. You understand? Okay. Let me give you some more. I like Sam Cooke. Otis Redding. Is that how's that for you? That's all right. I'm just saying you got to you got to know how great and unique a talent Whitney. I don't works. think, but that's the point. I don't think you can convince me of it. I don't think there's anything you're going to do for me it's that's going right. to intellectually make me grasp that. Isn't it where it hits me? Mm-hmm. I don't get it. It's surprising to me that this you know, is that she's that 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 this is how that the world is devastated. Simon Cowell saying on the on the the night she died, watching Piers Morgan, these two Englishmen talking right. about Whitney Houston and saying this death is so large. We will all, it's on the level that we will all remember where we were the night we heard this news. It's like, what? It is? 
It's like it's the equivalent of the JFK wasn't assassination. Her, wasn't her career over though? That's again, yes. That's the thing. She she she's been irrelevant for ten years at least, right? Mm-hmm. When was the last time she made a made a, a song that anybody listened to with regularity? You know what? I really, guess you, the, maybe there's a Mickey Mantle effect to, mm-hmm. to it that she you know that that what might have been had she not absolutely maybe, but still she didn't. I mean, Mickey Mantle goes down as one of the. The greats, and and there's a bittersweetness to it. Mm-hmm. You know what struck me when I was looking back, and they had the wall-to-wall coverage, and you'd see all the clips, the old clips on CNN, and it really struck me how incredibly awful Kevin Costner's haircut was in The Bodyguard. <laughs> there were a lot of there were a lot of crazy tweets out there. First of all, Kevin Costner, it wasn't a tweet, but apparently he's declared that Whitney was his one true love. Right. From, from his life, which was weird. I got a lot of heat from uh, from the Twitter universe, and you can follow me at Damashek if you like, and at Adam Rank is a way to follow Rank. But people uh, people beat me up pretty good. I think I lost like a hundred or two hundred followers <laughs> because because uh, our pal Fabiano uh-huh. tweeted out uh, something about like R.I.P. Whitney. You know, life is precious. Tomorrow isn't guaranteed for anybody. Uh-huh. And I said, especially if I tweeted back, especially if you smoke crack. <laughs> And people started hitting me up saying, you know, how dare you? There's a no class. And one guy <laughs> one guy tweeted me and said, uh, I'm unfollowing you for that. There's no there's no actually let me know before That's he unfollowed right. me. He had to let me know. Thank you for that. Yeah. I'm unfollowing I, you for that last tweet. There's no class in that. And I wrote him back. Uh, I wrote back. Uh, That's your prerogative. <laughs> That's funny, right? Perfect. Yeah, I thought you know, that was funny. Was it wrong that my first, and this goes into where her career was, when somebody told me, like, hey, Whitney's dead. I'm like, oh, good. Did she take Chelsea Handler with her? <laughs> yeah, you got confused. Yeah, I was like, oh, it was wrong, Whitney. Yeah, wrong, Whitney. But, uh, yeah, so I, 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 guess f- I'm, I guess I'm square. And then Chris Law, producer right. Chris Law here at uh, the NFL Network, tweeted out, uh, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> was accusing him of lying. I'm not gonna lie. I shed a tear at um, at uh, the bodyguard. That was a bit. Weird. Oh, good lord! I I don't remember the movie The Bodyguard that well. Matter of fact, we should get Chris Law up here His to haircut, explain that one. It's, it's all about. Can you call haircut. him Black Tie? Get get Chris Law up here ASAP. I want him to, to him. please, please place a call to him right now. I want him to come up here and, and right, explain right, himself right, up here to Studio Sixty Six and See, face the music. And when you talk about things like that, and people start romant romanticizing the past and talking about that, this gives me great fear of what's going to happen when Scott Stapp dies. <laughs> <laughs> you mean because like you people to, are going to be like he was one of the greatest talents of positive our time. hyperbole. He yeah. was so we lost a true talent like Scott. We got to do whatever it takes to keep him alive. We'll keep Nickelback alive. We should keep. I mean, we have a whole list. Go back, Whitney Cummings, Chelsea Handler. We need to start keeping all these people alive who are probably teetering on the brink. Yeah, we need to get uh, Vader's uh, carbonite freeze thing. <laughs> freeze them. Yes, just put them in the carbonite freeze and uh, and and take care of. So. All right. Well, well. I, I hope uh, producer Chris Law will come along here. You know him from uh, from the Rich Eisen podcast. Uh, but yeah. So we'll. But then the other thing, Rank, that must be disconcerting to you, and then also the 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 Steelers situation with this news about Heinz Ward is here. Jason Luck and Fora from uh, NFL Network, of course, broke the news, and it's unclear. What his sources are, I would love to have yapped. Did you get in touch with him, Rank, to see if he could come on the show? Did not today? reach him. You didn't get in touch with him. I did not. Did you? He's try? a hard man to pin down. 
I'd love to get I'd love to talk to them about this because from within the Steelers organization they're saying that's rumor and that the that the organization has made but the, where there's smoke there's fire. We knew this was coming because why would Heinz Ward have made that statement that he wants to come back and he'll take less money to come back if he didn't see you wouldn't you wouldn't put your cards on the table like that I wouldn't think if you didn't sense that the organization was maybe considering moving on from you. Maybe mm-hmm. the writing was on the wall because he played, I think, 11 snaps a game in the second half of the season. I think his average was something like 11 or 12 snaps on the field um, per game. But um, so, but I, but from what I gather and from from what I've read and from the people I've spoken with on the inside, there you know, there are people in Pittsburgh, PA, mm-hmm. who you know, the beat writers. I've I've contacted them for what they might know, and they say it would seem that that the organization, the higher ups, they like Heinz Ward. What he means, and I think that's what Steeler fans love too, is that he is the personification more than anyone else over the last, say, twenty years. He personifies the Steeler football, you know, for what that's worth, mm-hmm. and I think that's worth something. That mystique and the brand and everything else, the blocking, you know, the the big blocking and the and all that sort of jazz. Um, but the coaches practically say, "What spot do we have for him? He's mm-hmm. our fourth receiver, essentially at this point. We're not going to use him on special teams, so." Let's move on from him. So I think that's the the conflict there. Either way, uh, that'll be interesting. Hey, no, no, no. Bring him in here, please. Please, please, please. Black tie. Here he is. Well, another thing. And then I want to talk about Ron Artest. While we're bringing in, yeah, while we're bringing bringing in Chris Law, uh, talking a little bit about Heinz Ward. When you watch the Steelers last year, they were just a better football team when he was not on the field. Sanders is better. Their young guys are so much better. And like you said, if these guys who are at the bottom of the depth chart aren't willing to play special teams – they don't really have a place on the team, and it's it's tough because you hate to see guys that you root for go. I remember when the Angels had to get rid of Garrett Anderson. There comes a point where the guy's just hurting the ball club, and it's tough, and you'll remember what he did. He was a Super Bowl MVP, but, you know, the Steelers do such a great job of, of moving on with the guys before it's too late. They always seem to be a step ahead. Well, they're about to do it. That's the, uh, Kevin Colbert sw- seems to indicate that there's about to be a bloodletting of all the, the veterans because they're over the cap. They're up against mm-hmm. it. And then you would figure guys like Casey Hampton, James Ferrier, fellows like that are probably going to be given their walking papers. But Heinz Ward will probably trump those names because of, uh, you know, by, for no other reason, Dancing with the Stars and all that jazz. Right. America no, is more familiar with him. But I disagree but, with you. He's a luxury but he's not he's not a detriment to the team. He's a luxury to have a what I consider a future Hall of Famer, and that's a great discussion that we should have, Rank, mm-hmm. is whether or not you think he's a Hall of Famer. If Chris Carter's not getting into the Hall of Fame, Heinz Warren's not getting into the Hall of Fame. Talk about perception. But, talk about what perception counts for and clearly accounts for a lot. Witness the fact that guys like Lynn Swan are in the Hall of Fame mm-hmm. because of what he did in Super Bowls and in big playoff games. Mm-hmm. There's no there's no rational reason that Lynn Swan would be in the Hall of Fame over Chris Carter or Drew Pier, you well, could make a pretty compelling case that Drew Pearson should be in there. If, if, if there's if a couple Lynn of Swan Super Bowl is. losses that are probably keeping right. Drew Pearson. Out. I know those, are, and so you're talking about 120 minutes of their respective careers that would mm-hmm. swing things wildly differently. Heinz Ward, the perception is that blocking thing. Have you ever watched a game in the last decade of of the Steelers where they don't mention Heinz Ward, best blocker in the history of football, best wide receiver uh, blocker of all time? I the impact that that has practically 
game to game is probably not that huge. It's a nice thing to no, have. I think it's a big. No, I, I think I, it's I a think nice thing to have. But I don't think it's. I don't think it's. I don't think it's the difference between the Hall of Fame or not. Except that that's what people. He's a. You know, he's not a wide receiver. The John Maddens of the world love mm. to say things like, "Hey, he's not a wide receiver. He's a football player. He's just. <laughs> he's just a football Good player." Point. You know that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. That matters when people are voting, and and he is a, more of a throwback. All right, listen, we'll talk about that. And like I say. I want to get your thoughts as a Lakers fan rank on this uh, our test jazz, and we'll talk to Black Tie about that too, the Clippers guy, and also uh, we'll talk to Steve Smith of the Carolina guy. Panthers in a minute. About? When huh? did I become a Clippers guy? I thought you're a Clippers guy now. No, I'm not. What are you? Hawks? Uh, nobody's guy. I oh, that's I even thought worse. you decided. I know you decided you weren't in anybody, but that's then I thought even... you decided you were going to support the Clippers. No, I like Chris Paul, but that's a do it for the go. good of the show. Ranks a Lakers fan. It'll be fun uh, uh, all through the NFL offseason for you two to have a, a rivalry. Oh, yeah, I will. However yeah, I, forced I, it may rivalry. be, rivalry. Dislike the Lakers. That is for sure. Okay. Why? Right, so How here, do you dislike the Lakers? I don't know anybody Kobe who Bryant. dislikes. They're the Lakers. a loathsome team. What no, do you mean you don't, you don't know anybody who doesn't like? Why? Where do you guys come up with this? Well. Let's see. They're the uh, the the star of their team. Mm-hmm. His entire persona is an impression of Michael Jordan. I mean that 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 is Kobe Bryant is is spectacular. I think Kobe Bryant is delightful to watch. I think he's you know at thirty three. I said this on Twitter the other day and got beaten up for it. I said at thirty three. Mm-hmm. Kobe Bryant is better than Michael Jordan was at 33, and when he was 33, they went 72. Or what would they go? 72 and 10 right. that year. And people said, "How dare you?" He won the MVP. He won the Finals MVP and everything else. I say Kobe's better than Michael Jordan was at this career, at this stage of his career. Co- Michael Jordan, by that point, was really a mid-range shooter. That's mm-hmm. what I mean. He was with guile is how he was defeating everybody. Kobe Bryant still gets to the rim when he needs to. Kobe Bryant still penetrates. Still finishes. As people always point out, Scottie Pippen was on the floor, Tony Kukoc, Dennis Rodman. This was a legitimate team. The mm-hmm. Lakers have, you know, Bynum is fine. But talk right. about overrated and overstated how good somebody is. Andrew Bynum, there are no good centers in the NBA. That's right. why Andrew Bynum's in the All-Star game. Not because Andrew Bynum's some singular talent. Please. When, if you ever he's wanna... Joe Klein. He's a, <laughs> he's a, he's a, he's a slightly better version of... of uh, Joe Klein or, or John Concac. I was going to say Concac. He, well, he's, he is. I mean, he's, he's just got no finesse whatsoever to his game. He's just mm-hmm. a banger. He runs the floor pretty well, but then he, he seems like he takes the place up. All right, well, listen. Wait, 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 look, wait hold on. Out. I'm sorry. Hold on. And you see him. Anytime you want to see how good Andrew Bynum really is, you see him go up against Dwight Howard, and you're like, oh, yeah. He's not good at all. Well, I also watched him on uh, Saturday, this past Saturday, I think it was, when they were up in Toronto, the Lakers. And Aaron Gray mm-hmm. played him to an op- almost standstill. From Silver Spoon? Spoons? No, no, no. This, uh, Buck Aaron- Rogers? No, this is uh, Aaron. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Aaron, E-R-I-N. Yeah, she was foxy. She was a fox. Yeah, Aaron Gray. Forgotten in time until Adam Rank mm-hmm. brings her up. Black Tie, make sure we uh, have a picture of her on the uh, on the page today on uh, com. You know what? It, it reminds wait, me. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, we'll get to that because okay. no, he's sitting quick, here. real quick, real quick. What real oh, quick? Nothing. We got Chris Lawn here. This, I have to do this with, you know, just for the same people out there. What <laughs> Damashek said about Kobe and Michael at 33, that's totally wrong. Just saying. It's totally wrong. It's totally, totally wrong. wrong. Totally How wrong. is it yeah. totally wrong? Because Kobe Bryant is typically a jump shooter right now. His numbers, efficiency-wise, gener- are not even close to what Michael did at 33. And let's just leave it at that. I don't want to get into it. I don't want to get into it. 
Kobe is cons- Kobe is consistently seeing double teams and getting different oh, sized guys MJ coming at. Consistently saw hand checking and guys just mobbing him. Like everybody loves the, the hand league. check thing. Everybody uh, loves to talk about that. Let's, let's, let's By the way, let me see. Let's leave it. Stop it before you let's, do that. There's a uh, there's an, an ESPN documentary coming out about my or uh, Magic Johnson's announcement that he had the HIV virus, and you watch the highlights. I swear to you, if you watch highlights of Magic Johnson and you go through, and of course they're picking up the great place, and you talk about how Kobe is kind of able to emulate MJ's game a little bit, nobody does what Magic did. He is so in, oh my, I cannot believe that, there, no that we wants... live in a world where people think that Magic Johnson is not the greatest NBA player of all time. Settle down. Why? No one even wanted this to be a conversation about Magic Johnson, and somehow you have to wedge that in. <laughs> but the point is, as he always does, Kobe Bryant is. But but back to what I was starting to say, and that's we can have the conversation about how good Kobe is. And by the way, delusional Laker fans, if you think as currently constituted that this Lakers team has a chance of going deep into the playoffs, you are out of your... Who does? I think I think there are some Laker fans who don't like when I say things like uh, the Clippers are superior. The Clippers are certainly For one superior. Year? Yeah, okay, fine. I mean, the idea well, wait, that they wait. are running Derek Fisher and Steve oh, Blake God, out there awful. at the point is ridiculous. How is Derek Fisher still in the NBA? It's a mystery. We're all waiting for Dwight Howard. But we got Chris Law here. Can we move on to this? All right, that's fine. We've gotten too far away from this. He's been here for 20 minutes. Can I just say Can I just say one thing, though, before we get into <laughs> no. it? And please, turn no. his mic on. I just want to say, uh, Black Tie, please put turn Chris Law's mic on. But I, I, have, one, I, I have one more thing to say. The I, why can't the Lakers? I, the cap is probably the reason, but Darren Williams, it would seem, isn't happy in Jersey. Mm-hmm. Or maybe I'm wrong about that, but the, the, I get the sense that he's sort of dissatisfied there. Right. Can't the Lakers say, here is Bynum, here is Gasol, we will take Darren Williams and then do what it takes, oh, yeah. if not before, then in the offseason, to get Dwight Howard exactly done right. and done. And this is a team that's ready to win two straight titles or three straight titles with Kobe being the second option on the floor, maybe even the third option mm-hmm. on the floor. This is a dominant team. If that's they... exactly what's going to happen. And I think the majority of Laker fans are just waiting for that to happen. They've kind of, once they, they ruined us out of the Chris Paul deal. We just were like, all right, well, then next year we'll get Dwight Howard and Williams, and then it'll be fine. You know, and it's fun. We'll watch the Clippers in this abbreviated season and, you know, let them have their glory for once. But, you know, wow. the Lakers will be back. You, Both those guys do, will be on the Lakers. Do you really think that Dwight Howard's going to come, though, and just oh, follow Shaq's path? Absolutely. Orlando I, leaving Orlando? I think it's a huge mistake. you got to blaze your own trail if you're him. Interesting point, Chris Law. But let's talk about something else that intrigued me that I saw on Twitter the <laughs> other night. Whitney passed. I was really, real. I was genuinely surprised. And Chris Law is one of uh, the myriad people on Twitter who dropped me a line too soon. Don't you think? What, what is, is the thing? Chris Law, I say again, I say about uh, Whitney, it's just a statement of fact that if you smoke crack, it increases your chances of dying. That's all. I don't understand, though, why you included Law on your tweet that it was too soon. Why? What, what's the point of including Jeff Ross on it? He's the Rosemaster General, but who are you to turn to him to to to, to give his verdict on? I that? thought maybe your comedic comedic paths had crossed at one point, and he they would have. have. He would have. He would have jumped on the opportunity to uh, to maybe maybe take you off of Mount Pius, if you will. I wasn't on, oh, Mount Pius. on Mount Pius. You're the one preaching down from. She's not even levitating above the air very far yet, and you're already. 
You're the one. Wait, hold on. You're the one who's all offended like you knew her. Like you and Whitney Houston were great friends. Hey, don't talk about my friend like that. You don't know her. You don't know her from anybody. He's making a joke. Get over it. I Let me tell. Can a, I tell you? And one when thing? is it not too soon? I have when, a twenty-four can, hour wait, rule. Can I? There's now? a twenty-four hour rule. Oh, so okay. So After, I can make a Whitney Houston joke. You, you can you can crack away. Right. Let me let me just say as a side note with Jeff Ross, I'm not promoting this because it was on uh, the old ESPN radio show, but um, Jeff Ross once and cousin Sal from the Kimmel Show once came into the uh, studio and we did a roast off. It was a you know because he's again. Ross is the preeminent roaster of our Man. of our era. He well, that's how he's considered to be. He's the roast. He's he's. I thought it was kind of a self. Uh, yes, well, self given so, roast master general well, type. Cowboys. Thing. The Cowboys are America's team, and well, NFL Films came up with that. All right. The I point is, well, look, Jeff Jeff Ross is uh, beyond beyond. Uh, uh, you know, you may you may say people are. Uh, better at it than him, you, mm-hmm. or you may agree or you may not. But anyway, he and Cousin Sal went head-to-head, and they traded barbs, you know, back and forth. It's three rounds. And is this we being got, taped, or is this just yeah. backstage, you guys doing it? No, no, no. This, we, this, this, was, this was an Raisin. hour-long bit. You can, <laughs> you can also You can also do, uh, and uh, you can look that up on YouTube. It's, it's gangbusters. Cousin Sal... I don't want to give away the ending, but Kimmel is out. We get him online because he's doing the show. So he's one of the judges. It was American Idol style kind of judging on who wins this thing. And uh, But it was it, it was gangbusters. Did you just say you didn't want to give away the ending to a four-year-old five-minute YouTube clip? <laughs> <laughs> you don't come in here. You don't laugh at that, Rank. That's not something that – now I'm being roasted. It's my, it's my first time here. I need to bring it strong or don't bring it at all, right? Yeah, well, I, right. I think you probably shouldn't have brought it at all. And what you shouldn't have brought <laughs> was on Saturday night was the tweet that I'm not lying. I, I'm not even I'm lying. lying. As though as though anybody uh, uh, thought that you're a liar and you needed to. As, need... as a Whitney fan, I did think that was a bit much. Well, I mean, here's the, the, the tweet is The tweet is, I'm not going to lie, I shed a tear watching The Bodyguard. <laughs> <laughs> what were you, 12? Uh... Nine, I think. Nine, nine. <laughs> what? Well, the, the, really, my legitimate question about that is, what in that movie made you shed a tear? It's not a tear jerker of a movie. She's, she is a celebrity who he is guarding. Someone wants to kill her. They try to kill her. He takes the bullet, if I remember correctly, it, 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 and then and then then they go on and they're in love together for the rest yeah. of their life. What is the part where you even? Well, there, there's not a moment. Neither one of them dies. They don't break up. What Wait, what, what are you weeping about? How realistic is it today to think about like a a hip hop or R and B artist whose sole bodyguard is a skinny white guy who's about five nine? Yeah. He he, he he protected President Ronald Reagan in the in the film. He didn't jump in front of a bullet in front of him. Not right? well enough. And that's why he then jumped in front of the bullet in front of her. It was wait more, a second. That's Costner's, the same. That's wait, the same hold line it. Of fire. Yeah. Spoiler alert! By the way, <laughs> Sorry. I haven't seen the bodyguard. Well, then how? Then you need to hit mute on your. On, you can't even comment on this right now <laughs> if you haven't seen. I've it seen before. Costner's haircut. Wait, how awful was that? Which one came out first in in the line of fire? Or I, I feel like the bodyguard I, I, came out first. I think uh, the bodyguard was ninety two. I think in the line of fire. Was I think it's ninety four. Yeah. I think that's ninety four. Far better film, but you're right. It it's is. a only terrific a picture. Malkovich. John Malkovich, Malkovich yeah. is is uh, creepy in it. Eastwood. 
Eastwood's great. But uh, Rene Russo. I want to, as a side note, Rene Russo, yay or nay? Uh, it in depends. her prime. We're talking in her prime. You know which very underrated movie? The Thomas Crown Affair. She's a little older than that, but still good. I, I say no, though. She's with Gibson. She she uh, she pairs off with uh, Riggs in Lethal Weapon. Lethal Weapon in yeah. one of the later pictures. I think three. But Pierce I never, Brosnan. I never cared for Martin Riggs uh, for the fact that he goes. He, I thought it was unnecessary that in the first Lethal Weapon, we find out that he lost his uh, his lady, his bride was taken away. Then we meet in two. We meet the guy who actually pulled the trigger, and then that same guy kills his new lady. He kills mm-hmm. the, the the foxy blonde South African lady. What he a kills grudge. her and leaves, leaves her at the bottom of the sea. Better cameo in <laughs> Lethal Weapon, Joe Pesci or Chris Rock? I don't think you can call They it weren't either. cameos. They were stars. Oh, I mean, they're not headliners. Bruce Willis in Ocean's 12 is a cameo. Yeah. They All were right, actually his, stars. All right. His, his uh, Hollywood phrasing aside, his, his uh, inaccurate Hollywood uh, phrasing. But so – Please, explain. What were you weeping about? Costner's performance. I'm a big Costner fan. <laughs> big K-Dog. Stop, stop jiving and answer the question. <laughs> what made you cry? I don't remember the movie well enough. That, that, that What moment did you find a salty discharge rolling down your cheek? There's some scene, I believe, at the end. like uh, she's, she's getting on a plane. And he's got a brace in his arm. There, there might have been a little... A little I, <laughs> I cried at Free Willy. I'm not going to lie. When that, when that damn I'm whale... When that whale jumped over that jetty and got out, I shed a tear. I'm, a, I'm so I'm a softie. sad for you. I'm a softie when it comes to... What about... what? Films. I mean... But there you, has to be a moment that would... That, that, would elicit a tear. There wasn't anything was, in the bodyguard. It's an action, pi- a love picture. But like, it's not like that scene in Independence Day where Randy Quaid is sitting uh, there and he comes up and he's like, "Tell my kids I love them very much." Boom into the alien ship. That's a tear jerking moment. The bodyguard- that is. I, I I hear what Rank's saying. I th- uh, and legitimately, the moment when the guy comes over to the to the son of Randy Quaid, who Adam gets, Baldwin, uh, to Adam Baldwin comes over and he's like what your father did was very courageous or something like that. Yeah. That is more worthy of a tear than anything that happened in the bodyguard. I don't understand what made you weep. And then I guess that brings the next question. Did you cry in Independence Day? Independence Day? I, I did not cry. Did you cry at the end Day? of Return oh. of the Jedi when Skywalker uh, takes the mask off of Vader to reveal Anakin's face? And Anakin sa- he's like, there's still time to save you. There's still time to save you. And he says, you already have, Luke. You already have. This might get me. Now that's a tearjerker. <laughs> I'm, I'm more not a Star than the Wars bodyguard. Guy. I'm not a Star Wars guy. I'm going to oh, stick this Ryan. pen in your <laughs> neck. Sorry, I I, uh, I am not a Star Wars fan, so I, I probably haven't even seen Return of the Jedi. You haven't seen Please. it. You can, There's you, three original ones, correct? Uh, I, I, I don't know. I've seen two of the three. We're done. You, the See door. Him. The door. Seriously. No, <laughs> honestly. No, I, no, but, but, no. no. Kill his mic. He's uh, done. I don't. Black tie. I don't. There's nothing left <laughs> for him to say. Please show yourself the door. Goodbye. Thanks, guys. Give, Appreciate give, you guys. Give your best to Rich Eisen. Appreciate you guys having me up Goodbye. here. Goodbye. I said Mike off. That, Goodbye. Yeah, that kind of stuff flies on the Eisen podcast, but not here. I don't know. Hey, you know, and then, and then uh, you know what that, you know what else Law's doing uh, yeah. on the uh, on the Eisen podcast? What's that? He's stealing my material. You're kidding me. Because Eisen was talking about that the big thing in Indianapolis was the, was the zip line. You right. saw everyone and their mother on the zip line. Except for you. Well, the executives, you know, the, the NFL.com executives said, hey, Damashek, you get up there. 
My boss, and it's true that my boss, uh, our boss, uh-huh. his name is in fact Tom Brady, which I, right. I I can't get enough of. He's your boss, but you're my boss. Tom Brady, right? That's we the hierarchy. The chart, yes. Right. It goes. It goes. Law, rank, Fabiano, Damashek, Tom Brady, and then Jeff Berman. That's mm-hmm. the hierarchy at the NFL dot com. Okay. And uh, and and so Berman and Brady come up with the idea. Damashek should zip line. Damashek's response was, uh, Jews don't zip line. <laughs> and that was it. And then Law steals that on the Eisen podcast. What? That's right. Put his mic back on, Black Tie. Let him defend himself. Is it going to be one of those things where you're like, oh, no, I gave you total credit? Uh, well, I did. It, it was they. somebody had asked if uh, the execs had asked Rich to zip line, and he goes, God, God, no, God, no. And I said our, our good podcasting buddy Dave Damashek, however, was asked, and he had one of the funniest retorts I'd heard, and it was simply, Jews don't zip line. Did you and shed a tear? Rich, being a member of the <laughs> tribe as well, got a good laugh out of that, and no, I did not shed a tear. I mean, it could have been a happy tear. Uh, yeah. Well, the, Boy, the, that Dave's great. It's so great to work with people that are really terrific and say funny things. And I found the greatest love of all <laughs> at NFL.com. This is what you pull me out of my office for. You what call are you me doing? up here. What are you doing? Eisen's not here today, so obviously you're not making his coffee. I'm game planning. I'm game. <laughs> this guy's got jokes. He's pressing off. He's pressing off uh, Eisen's sweater vest for the next podcast. <laughs> this, uh, I'm, I'm actually planning a little, a little Damashek, uh next few week. Uh, oh yeah, thing. We, Chris we might Law have something going. Mm-hmm. Chris Law and me. Guess what we're doing? Right? What are you doing? We're, we're hitting the road. We're hitting the. We're literally hitting the road. What? What? Where are we going? This is uncomfortable. <laughs> Chris Law and I are going to go out and uh, around the country. You ever see that picture, the bucket list? Yeah. Chris Law filled the bucket with his tears <laughs> with that and uh, <laughs> when he saw that picture. But that we're, we're doing basically that sort of thing for NFL fans, oh. the, things, the dream things for fans. And oh. I am going to be the, the wish fulfiller. Hmm. I'm not officially on this list yet, but uh, I'm, I'm trying to work my way into the into – the That's right. I'm going to be traveling. I'm going to be traveling – these United States, mm-hmm. you know, wish fulfillment yeah. kind of thing, you know? Sounds fun. Yeah, it will be fun. I think it should be good. But, I mean, we'll still have the podcast. Yeah, I know. <laughs> now somebody else is shedding a tear. <laughs> All right. Good riddance to bad rubbish. And uh, and instead, let's replace him with a bona fide all-pro, a man who mm-hmm. just played in the Pro Bowl a couple weeks ago over in our 50th state it's our friend Steve Smith. How are you, man? What's going on? How you guys doing? Well, not too bad. And uh, like I said, I want to talk to you. You know, we haven't caught up with you in a couple of weeks. We haven't talked Super Bowl, Clippers, or anything else. But let's start with the Pro Bowl stuff here and all the stuff. Aaron Rodgers is complain was complaining about the the commitment, and uh, even the commissioner says maybe it's time to cancel this thing. How say you, Steve Smith? You were there. Uh. It's kind of unique because, uh, you know, Aaron Aaron made some very good, bold, but accurate statements. Uh, uh, like Aaron, I won't agree or finger point, but it was interesting things going on. Uh, but it wasn't on my end. I was giving it all 
they had a little stat thing on the on the back of our pads that they uh, added to it. And uh, I ran uh, three and a half miles uh, that game, so I I was in. What did they have on you? They had a thing yeah, to track how far you went. Yeah, they had a they linked it to all the players uh, on back of their uh, shoulder pads. Uh, some new technology. It was pretty cool. So that they put it on there. So I started asking questions, and they were giving me updates. So it was pretty cool. And it seems like any time you're on the field, you're taking it serious. What a, do you notice though if other guys aren't taking it serious, and you try to go after them, take advantage of them? Uh, the guys I was playing against weren't really. I wouldn't say they weren't serious, but you know, at the same time. Uh, you don't want to go out there and tear an ACL, so you, you kind of go with a go at a speed that you feel comfortable with. And, and now there's some guys their speeds I, I would say that was uh, purely a waste of time. But most of the guys I think uh, went pretty good, and uh, you know, and and as a about third fourth quarter when the game was getting a little close, uh, guys started amping it up a little bit as well. Yeah, it was pretty ridiculous, though, some of the stuff that was going on. The, the way the the pass rushers led up with it, uh, when they got within about five strides of the QBs, they just visibly stopped running at the guy, at the quarterback <laughs> so the guy could make the throw. But more importantly, Steve, what about the time you had? What a good fellow you are. You took all your fellow Carolina Panther wide receivers and coaches and their wives and everybody out to Hawaii. How was the time out there? Man, we had a great time. It was uh, it was it was great because we allowed those guys to do what they wanted to do, but at the same time, uh, we didn't really focus on you know. Hey, we all had to do the same thing. They did some things separate. I did some things separate, and then we had one or two events where we uh got together uh all as a group. Is that right? You don't even say you do what I say since I'm paying your paying the bill. <laughs> nah, you just nah. said go have a go have a good time, everybody. Man, go go enjoy your time, man. What a thing! Did you go and see? Uh, I've never been to Hawaii, but did you go and see? Uh, did you go to like a luau and see the people fin- spin the fire sticks and all that stuff? Yes. You see, we we had a luau. Um, my my two <laughs> oldest, uh, Peyton and Bailey, they actually got to meet the meet the real uh girl from uh soul suffer uh so that was pretty good oh the lady who the girl who had her arm taken by a shark oh wow so they they met her took a picture with her so that was really cool wow well listen now that was a good time and now let's talk about something sad i i am shocked because you're a versatile talker steve smith i assume you're gonna have an opinion on this I've been talking earlier today about Whitney Houston. I didn't realize her significance in the history of music. I, I, I Listen, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm ignorant. I didn't know that she was regarded as one of, like, the the handful of great talents in the history of music. Were you a fan? Big fan. Yeah? Uh, she, she brought some of the things that a lot of people wish they had. Uh, she she had a strong voice. She was charismatic. Um, you know, I think that's also the attraction to Bobby Brown because of that charismatic. Uh, but you know, she when she picked up a mic and she sung, 
she stopped dressing. You know, you knew who it was. She had a distinguished voice, uh, a, a very gospel voice. Her 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 upbringing, her hard work. You know, she was a um, she was a backup singer for uh, Shaka Khan. That's where she first started. Hmm, I didn't so, know. So you know, she she does a lot of she did a lot of things from the grassroots. She she worked her way up. Uh, unlike a lot of people uh, appreciate these days, which is uh, you know starting at the bottom and working your way up. A lot of people, especially young people now want to start at the top, and that's not how it works in the real world. And was it one of those things, some people have compared it, saying this will be something that they will always remember where they were when Whitney Houston died, akin to how people say, oh, I remember where I was when Kennedy was shot. Was it that big to you on Saturday when you found out the news? I was. I, I want to say yes, but at the same time, what she's kind of went through over the last couple of years would really uh, kind of take away from uh, what's going on and how you can judge or 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 talk about you know how her career kind of crumbled at the end. Yeah, so that, that that is the takeaway for me. I'm just surprised by the use of the word. This is shocking. What happened to Whitney? It seems like, uh, yeah, uh, like you say, it wasn't that shocking to me. Nah, right. Yeah. All right, let's talk about. Uh, here's another thing that was surprising. This is a good uh, transition into the Super Bowl talk. The drop by Wes Welker. You're a wide receiver. <laughs> what did you think about that? Yeah, I've been waiting for this one. I've been really waiting for this one. I'm not shocked by that. You weren't shocked. How so? What do you mean by that? You weren't shocked. Well, uh, a lot of times you guys want to go ahead and uh, crown a guy as one of the best. And uh, they say he's sure hands and he's this, he's that. Ball hits your hands. It's no longer the quarterback's problem. As a receiver, ball hits your hands. It's your fault. Uh, I'm a I'm a big avid fan of Wes Walker. Uh but you can't put a square through a circle. Uh, and I mean by, you know, if, you, if you're a slot guy, you're a slot guy. If you're not a number one guy, you're not a number one guy. Well, I'll tell you this. To me, the thing that uh, – so the other side of the ball, though, Eli ends up looking good. You know, Brady was let down to some degree by his receivers. I just think that Brady was throwing the ball behind, especially there's one play with a minute left in the game. He throws the ball wildly behind Deion Branch that might maybe the game turns out differently. But the other side of things is – Eli looks great because of some of the plays his receivers were making for him, especially the guy who is the, uh, as far as I'm concerned, has not got nearly enough attention for the way he played in the Super Bowl, and it was a huge difference, was Hakeem Nix. Did you think he was especially strong in uh, in that game? I thought he was great. Um, he was fantastic. Um, I think that, you know, at times they gave maybe Victor Cruz a little bit too much credit, um, but Hakeem is – Consistently, since he's been drafted, uh, he's he's come out there and and, and really played well. Um, and knowing him personally, watching him develop uh, USC Chapel Hill uh, is cool and it's neat. And uh, it's one of those games where um, I was conflicted as it came down. It's like, man, I want West to win. 
uh, want Chad to get an opportunity to win the Super Bowl, but at the same time, I would like Eli. You know, uh, he just had a baby, I think, last year, and then mm-hmm. and then this year to win the Super Bowl. And, and Hakeem, I just uh, – this offseason, last offseason, we actually had uh, uh, um, uh, lunch together during the offseason, uh, during the lockout, and got a chance to connect and get to, uh, you know, really – Learn who he was as a uh, as a young man. So, uh, you know, I was a, I was a true avid fan that uh, had his pom poms ready and, and and cheering on both guys because I thought it was a pretty good Super Bowl. Yeah, I like you know Knicks again. Yeah, making plays at full speed with guys around him in traffic. Really, uh, you know, the Manningham catch and so on really stand out. But consistently, I think it was ten grabs for him. He was terrific. Yeah, I, th- I thought it was cool. And Rob Gronkowski got a lot of heat after the Super Bowl. There was a video of him dancing, carrying on after the game. Did you get a chance to see that? And is the yeah, media – are we making too much of it? Is it that big a deal as a, as a teammate? Would that have offended you? Uh, it would have offended me. This is why. Because there is a perception is reality, whether we want to acknowledge it or not. And so you have to make sure that your perception isn't you don't care or it isn't that important. Because at the same time, you got to remember, I've been I'm going in my 12th year, and I've been in one Super Bowl, and to lose one and then go party is kind of like, well, it's not a big deal. I'll be here next year, and it just doesn't come that way. And uh, and so um, as a leader, yes, you have a problem with it. As an older guy, you have a problem with it. But you also, as a leader and an older guy, you got to be able to adapt and understand that some young guys and people in general digest uh, loss and disappointment differently than other people, whether it's uh, um, whether it's correct or not, whether it's uh, appropriate or inappropriate. It's the judgment call, and he thought it was appropriate, and so. Uh, I think the the team and organization would deem uh, where it should go from there, and if they should sit down and talk to them. But um, you know, each each to his own, and we all can uh, eat an apple ten different ways. It just does, it doesn't make it wrong or right. It just makes it different. Well, there is a right way to eat an apple. It's a, you put a little you you cut it up, and then you put a little cinnamon sugar on it. That makes it sing, Steve Smith. <laughs> That's true. I mean, that that happens to be a fact. But <laughs> now. Steve Smith, uh, always insightful, always frank. We always appreciate it. And, uh, by the way, when we were at the Super Bowl, we were there for a week, and we sat down with Cam Newton and talked to him at uh, at length. What a delightful character this guy is. I, I really – it's hard – I mean, twenty twenty hindsight, I guess, but it's hard to imagine when you meet him, he just is a guy who walks into a room – charismatic he's a huge guy he's got an easy way about him a charming guy and you see how he plays we talked to him a little bit about maybe going to a clippers game the four of us you cam rank and me he's down for it he's a delightful character this cam newton he is uh he plays to the crowd uh he understands um the business aspect he does a great job i think a lot better and authentic than uh other people may do um, yeah, that's the he, word for it is authentic. That's what it is. It's not like he's putting on a show. He yeah. he just has a charm about him. He's a leading it, man. He he enjoys the opportunity he has. And so I think that that's the part that's authentic. And so when he's saying, hey, yeah, sure, we'll go to a game, 
know, one of the things he may do when we walk away or he may ask me, uh, who's paying for these tickets? <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, he, he really has a, a, a strong desire to be uh, a good player and also an entertainer and also a person that has uh, some realness to him. He just isn't serving up uh, plates of BS to people and uh, people to players. So that's the part that um, it, when it comes across, you don't go, oh, he played that well. You go, man. You know, he was it was enjoyable, and, and that's the good quality. Uh, you can't um, uh, coach up or or, or uh, manifest his his uniqueness. That uh, I think his family upbringing instilled in him, and um, and that's why it, it easily comes across uh, authentic. Well, I, I, I sincerely say the same things about you when uh, when we're not on the phone with you, Steve Smith. And uh, last question for you, we'll, we'll talk about the Clippers and Lakers and who the Panthers should draft at a later date. But what do you think about as a sports fan? What do you make of this whole Jeremy Lin uh, uh, craziness? This is unbelievable, huh? Well, um, I love it. Um, my son, my 14-year-old, he loves it, too. He's telling me all the stats about him and what he went to college and all that stuff. And um, the, the the thing I like about this is, uh, despite the other um, phenom in, in, in the NFL, is uh, he actually has some pretty good statistics that say mm-hmm. he can play. You know, he isn't throwing up 22 assists and two points, and they're saying he's the best thing since sliced bread. He's actually uh, got some good numbers and can play, uh, crossing some guys over, dunking. Um, so, I mean, uh, everybody wants to root uh, for the underdog. And I go out and say, I don't think he's an underdog. I think he's uh, he is stepping into the role because practice and preparation met up with opportunity. Yeah, it's fun, man. I, I just uh, that's my takeaway is it it is what's great about sports. People always talk about uh, you know what's what's the obsession with them. It's this you could never have planned this. So three weeks ago, you would never know that something like this was about to happen. All of a sudden, this guy's scoring uh, thirty eight points or whatever it is on the Lakers. It's amazing. That ain't hard though. <laughs> oh, stop it! <laughs> yeah, I could I could go for twenty against you. Steve Blake and Derek oh. Fisher. That's for sure. <laughs> All right, Steve Smith. Like I say, always a delight to to yap with you. Thanks as always for the time and uh, enjoy your off season. And uh, we'll look forward to catching up with you. Hopefully, if not before, in front of the draft, so we can talk about what uh, your strategies might be for the uh, Carolina Panthers. We'll look forward to that, and then also, yeah, we gotta we gotta figure out what which game we're going to. Oh yeah, we Clippers. gotta break out the calendar. That's the other. Is it a Clippers game for sure? It's a Clippers yeah, it's game, not a Clippers. Lakers game. We don't want to watch that junk. All right, good. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Steve Smith. Oh, we'll talk with you soon, man. Appreciate it. All right, there, there you go. It's the great Steve Smith, all pro. Always a delight. All pro talker. In my oh, book. I think all pro person. I like. I really enjoy his candor. He's funny. Mm-hmm. He says funny things, mm-hmm. but he he doesn't shy from any questions. I love it. He just gives his opinion, you know. And clearly, Wes Welker's his chum. He's not just taking shots. He's not mm-hmm. out of competition. He was taking a shot him. at Steve Smith. He's rooting for Wes Welker to catch that ball, but he calls it like uh, calls it like he sees it. 
By the way, I said that too, but we didn't when we did our show last week. We didn't really talk much about Hakeem Nicks and how dynamite he was in that game. But really, if you go when you go back, as I go back and look at that game periodic, it's the only game we have to go back and look at really mm-hmm. for quite some time now. So I've been looking at it. He's he's the difference maker in that game. There's some balls that are slightly behind. Um, that are thrown slightly behind him. He makes the plays in full stride and uh, in traffic. He's really the, the to me, more than Manningham or anything else that you want to point to. He was the, the key to uh, the Giants' offense moving the ball. Could have been most valuable player if people saw it that way. Absolutely could have been. And I maybe, mean, and really, maybe should have been. And the reason he wasn't was because the signature last, play is the Manningham catch. Plus his last name isn't Manning. I mean, if Eli is any other quarterback, if Eli's Alex Smith, for instance, having a game like that, which was good. I mean, a 10-catch game like that? Oh, unbelievable. Yeah. So, all right. Well, listen, what are you saying, Black Tie? You want us to wrap it up here? What was going on with Steve Smith's phone, by the way? Was he he was was on Pluto or something? It was a DDFP first if we did it on (laughs) Autotune. That's exactly what happened. I'm just messing around with stuff here. I'm working on my remix, putting an audio in the phoners. Yeah, this is going to be something new. We were 30 leagues under the sea. We're ahead. Listen, you know what? When all the other other shows on the Dave Dave Damashek family of football podcasts here on NFL.com, Geez, I'm still suffering from the Super Bowl. I still can't get it together. <laughs> when you look at some of the other, when you know, when when the Cover Two is doing Auto Tune or the Somebody Eisen you Show, moonshine. Is yeah, that, is that what happened? That happened. Some local folk gave you some moonshine. <laughs> we went down to the Slippery Noodle, and it used to be a distillery during the Prohibition era. So yeah, they still had some of those mills back there. They're like, hey, just try this. Hi. Hey. Let me give you a little something, little little taste something, a little it's- family recipe. Um, all right, so we'll cut it off here then. Black Tie says we Except have to go, so we have to go. We're going to do number all, 54. Do oh, yes. Don't, I'm, I've got a handle on it. He just said you've it, Black really, Tie. Yeah, you've been really up in our business today. That's I not helping. That's not helping. That's just making people anxious, and no one likes that, Black Tie. Did you ever know that? That's not a Whitney song. Wait, what's another Whitney song? I want Black Tie. Would always and love Rand. you. Is she that your favorite one? That's what we'll go out with today. But quickly, did she number sing? F- oh, go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. What? I get confused because usually when something like this happens, they they bring out a bunch of hits that you're like, oh, I didn't know that they this was their song. I didn't get that with Whitney is, and I kind of like, yeah, she had. These handful of songs. Seemed like she had about five or six really popular but it wasn't, songs. Yeah, it wasn't like, I don't know. I mean, when George Harrison passed away, for instance, I didn't realize a lot of these famous Beatle tunes or whatever. You're like, oh, these these were attributed to George Harrison. And I started going back and getting really into like some of the stuff that he did. I'm not getting that with Whitney Houston. Um, uh So, all right. So, 54. Mm-hmm. We honor the episode number by talking about the player in sports history who wore it best. 54, not much of a number. And Although there must be some good baseball pitchers, right? There must have been some pitchers that wore 54 out on the hump. You would think. Um, but I, none of them talk about the there's football a, ones. I'll Google. I'll, I'll, I'll hit the uh, the Google meter. And there's there's got to be some basketball numbers. Wasn't Charles Smith? Of the Knicks, number talk 54. about you do you do the football guys? We do football. Obviously, the current one is uh, is is Urlacher fifty four. Yes. Yeah, yeah, he's fifty four. He's pretty good. But when you start looking at it all time, you obviously think of Randy White. The well, guy obviously, who, uh, I, that's a, obviously. that's a pretty good question. I think it would Randy come down White to those is, two. Randy well, I White. Like Randy White. Well, you know, 
Brian Urlacher, he's, he's yeah. had some he's had some injuries. He's had some years where he wasn't quite the. But Urlacher's going to the Hall of Fame. Probably like name recognition wise, he was in there. But Randy White, he was really one of those dominant players there in the middle. One of the God, there's not a, there's not a lot of defensive linemen who have won a Super Bowl MVP award. You start thinking of some of the greats, you know, Richard Dent's in the Hall of Fame. Randy White, of course, won it with Harvey Martin. So it's not a it's not a huge list of guys who have Goose that Gossage. Goose Gossage wore fifty four. Fifty four. There was uh, Teddy Bruschi. Teddy Bruschi wore Chuck yeah. Howley. The answer to. Uh, to that trivia question, the only MVP from a Super Bowl in a, uh, on a losing team, mm-hmm. Chuck Howley, Super Bowl five. There was EJ Junior, a cool EJ name. EJ Junior is yeah. a great St. name. St. Louis Cardinal mm-hmm. liked watching him uh, linebacker. Chris Spielman, Zach Thomas. All right, we'll we'll go with you. We'll, we'll go with Randy White. I got a fifty-four for you guys. Oh, let's let's hear it. Kwame Brown. <laughs> to bring up I've a had it. I've had it with all of I'm out of here. I'm leaving. So with that being said, to uh, to Heinz Ward, let's hope he uh, does get to finish the, his career the way he wanted to. To the great Steve Smith for his uh, his usual candor. We enjoy him. To Black Tie even. And to uh, even the Chris Law. I say even thank Chris you. Even Chris Law, yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to shed a tear. And uh, what do you want to go out with here, uh, um, Black Tie? Want to sing something? About, we'll always love you. No, not me. I, I don't sing. That's a Whitney Houston song, right? And uh, no, it's a Dolly Parton song. Yeah, that's right, Dolly Parton. You know what? She song. still makes money. Like now, Dolly Parton. Now you start thinking of some of these peripheral characters who are starting to make. Like Kevin Costner, when that went down, he had to be like, "Hey, you know, uh, called his agent. Like, hey, it's my make, chance. Make sure that my clip from The Bodyguard is on these Whitney Houston memorials because." You know, this would really. I help like out. that his publicist released he, a statement. This wasn't some off-the-cuff thing of him walking out of uh, Mr. Ch- Mr. Chow's or he's anything not at like the that. Ivy. Yeah, I mean, he's he, this is this is hey, release this statement, publicist, for me that she's my one true love. Very weird and creepy on Kevin Costner's part. I think isn't but, he married? I thought he was married to his college sweetheart. I don't. That no, was always no. no. That was always the thing from was, Cal State Fullerton. That was Field of Dreams. He would no, and with part of the lore of Cal Amy State Madigan Fullerton, was playing his wife. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Black Tie's had it with you. All right. Rat, Black Tie says he wants it gone. There's the Yub Nub song playing. That Jeez, means it's time please. to go. We'll be back with more Huey and Applesauce later on. But in the meantime, thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. 
Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.